Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today on this Memorial Day. If you're coming from another country, this is a day in America where we have a holiday to commemorate and to celebrate and to remember those who have given their lives in service to our country to protect our freedoms. And this day ought to mean a lot to us. It also celebrates here or commemorates here in America the kind of the official first day of summer. So a lot of people go to parades and they have picnics and they, uh, they, they enjoy going outside. Swimming pools may open up here in the northern part of the country. The swimming pools open today and summer's begun, school's getting out. It's easy to lose the meaning, uh, to, to forget the meaning of what Memorial Day is. I'd like to just talk about that a bit today and inspire you. Hope to inspire you with a couple of stories that have meant a lot to me, contemporary stories, okay? Well, when we think of Memorial Day, we think of those who gave their lives for us, and we're reminded of what Jesus said about himself. Now, I don't mean for this to be blasphemous and apply what Jesus meant for him, dying for our sins, but there is something to appreciate here when people make what we call the ultimate sacrifice. Jesus said, greater love has no man than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. And we never want to forget that. I know as a Christian, I have often asked myself, is what I'm living for worth Christ dying for? That's quite a statement, quite a question. Is what I'm living for worth Christ dying for? I ask that as a young Christian. I ask that again. I ask it regularly, but I ask it again freshly when I turn 34 and realized that in an earthly sense, I'd outlived Jesus Christ. And I asked, is what I'm living for worth him dying for? I asked it when I had outlived my father. He died at age 52. And when I surpassed and was older than him, I asked again, is what I'm living for worth Christ dying for? And I want to continue to ask that. But there's another element that I think is worth us thinking about here, those of us who live in America. And that was something I was impressed by whenever I go to a national cemetery. Now, this is a picture of Roz and I at Normandy. This was back in 2014 at the 70th anniversary of the D-Day invasion. We happened to be there kind of by accident. We didn't weren't celebrate there for that uh, 70th anniversary. It just happened to be that we were there the day before. And, and as I stood there and we thought of the heroism, the sacrifice that these young men made, many of whom then would never have a family, would never have grandchildren, would never see their 20th birthday, never would, would never reach, uh, you know, they were, many of them were young men, and thousands of them died there at Normandy. And in that cemetery, I believe there are over 9,000 graves. And you'll notice their crosses, Many cemeteries you go to today, many national cemeteries, you just see like the, the uh, it's, it's just a headstone. But here there are crosses, and some there were a few Jewish stars in there, but that's about it, either crosses or Jewish stars. And it struck me how many of these men were Christian. It was just assumed. I mean, they went in there and as Christian men fighting to liberate a continent from tyranny, and from what they saw and what our president saw and America saw as an attack upon our civilization by the Nazis, our civilization. And as Franklin Delano Roosevelt said that day in his address to the nation, 
an attack upon our religion. Now, you look at that cemetery and you ask, well, what, what's he talking about there? He wasn't talking about the religion of secularism. He wasn't talking about, you know, just some general state religion. He was talking about, he understood, this was just 75 years ago, he understood that America was a Christian nation. And what we have now in our time seen, no, we're not, that we're just a secular nation, that is a new idea. And if if you're thinking that, that we're a secular nation, we are a nation of freedom. We don't require someone to be, never required you to be a Christian, but that was the controlling uh, values of the day. That was the belief of the day. That's how people lived. That's, that Christianity was what guided our sense of right and wrong. Christianity was what guided who we were as a people, what we understood to be right, what we understood to be, what it, it, to be an American. And we welcomed people of other religions and we always do, but still this was the overwhelming belief. Our laws, our constitution, our declaration were all written from this Christian framework. And, and I, it was driven home to me, and I asked myself as I stood in that cemetery, those men who sacrificed their lives, who gave their lives, who, like I said, many never got married, never had children, never, never had a career, never had a future because they were young men, but they believed in something, and they gave their life for something to, to deliver us from tyranny and to protect freedom for future generations. And I just wonder what some of those men would think if they saw America today, how we have rejected so many of the values that they believed in, that they gave their life for, how, they, how we have embraced a secularism, a licentiousness, an idea of freedom that means I can do whatever I want, embracing a sexual revolution. And I've just wondered, what would they think? They'd probably be grieved, grieved to think what we have become. And so to some degree, we ought to be as well. We do believe in freedom, and free, but freedom under God. Not a freedom to just go sin all I want, but a freedom to serve and a freedom to love and a freedom to pursue good dreams, godly things, to serve others, to make a difference in this world. It's important, we rem- re- it's important that we remember this. You know, it's said if you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it. Those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it, and, it, and yet we do live in a time when these pe- there are people who have a whole different vision for America than, than these men at Normandy did, a whole different vision and a whole different vision than our founding fathers. And so what must they do? They must attack and undermine the original vision of these people, of the patriots, of the founding fathers of the, of the, for the first almost 200 years of our country. They've got to undermine it. They've got to destroy it. They've got to vilify these people. This is why today most people and most college students will ask, what do you know about a guy like George Washington? Or, or, uh, or Thomas Jefferson. First thing they'll say, they own slaves. That's what they'll say. What do you know about Thomas Jefferson? Oh, he was a deist. He didn't believe in God. These are the things they'll tell us, and this is a misrepresentation of history. Well, it may be true, but it's not, it's not fair in that it is an attempt to vilify our heroes. Why? Because if you want a revolution... If you want a revolution, 
you vilify the heroes on one side, and they were bad. Who can defend that? Ronald Reagan had an interesting quote. He said this. Ronald Reagan, our president from 1980 to 88, or 81 to 89, actually, uh, he said this. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same. Or one day, we'll spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it was once like in the United States where men were free. That's quite a quote, is it not? I don't want to do that. I don't want in my sunset years to be able to be telling my children, grandchildren, how we were once free. I'm reminded of two stories I'd like to share with you briefly as we this morning. A number of years ago, about, oh, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, I was preaching at Miami-Dade College in Miami, Florida. There was quite a crowd out there, and of course, people were disagreeing with me, and that's fine, and and uh, but a lot weren't. A lot were listening. It was really a, a pretty good day. And there was a fellow asked if he could say something. He's probably about 29, 30 years old. And he was, you know, what we call a maybe a non-traditional student. We obviously had come back to college. And uh, he asked if he could say something. I gave him the floor for a moment. And he told me this. He said he was a veteran of Iraq and Afghanistan wars. He had been on the front line. He'd been a soldier. He'd had friends who he had lost, who'd been killed in those battles, in those wars. And, and he, uh, he'd paid the price for freedom. And he said when he came back to America and began to come to college, he saw out on the grounds there almost every day LGBT people were, they were petitioning, they had their tables, they were advocating for their cause, they were activists for their cause. And he says they have every right to do that. He fought for them to have the freedom to do that. But then he said this, today is the first day since being back from the war, the first day that he's come on that campus and has been proud of the way he sees someone using the freedoms that he fought to protect. My goodness, friends, that that breaks me. That humbles me. He was speaking of me. He was speaking that I was advancing the kingdom, I was preaching the gospel, and that so many people, the freedoms he fought for are advancing causes he doesn't believe in. He says they have the right to do it. He believes that's what it means to be an American, but he wanted to be proud of what he gave his life for. Just a couple days later, I was up at Florida State University, and there was a student there who really always enjoyed listening to me, and she had wanted her dad to come out on campus to hear me. He was a colonel in the Marine Corps. And I, we were, and I was talking to him, and he told me that I told him this story, and he said, "Yes, he said sometimes I wonder what in the world I'm fighting for. Sometimes I wonder what in the world we go for war. If the, is this what we what we're trying to preserve?" He was speaking about the same thing. My friends, all I want to say is this: morale matters. When I was in Orlando this past week, and I was talking to a a commander, a paratroop commander. He's retired now, but he. For 20 years, he'd been in the Israeli Defense Forces. And he was telling me some heroic stories, and dare I say, miraculous stories of God's protection and God giving them the victory in their, in their fights. But he was telling me, he said, Tom, what matters is courage. What matters is courage. 
And as he would train his troops, if he ever saw any that lacked courage, he would say, he, he, would, he, would, he wouldn't rebuke them. He'd just say, some people don't have it. But you've got to have it. You can't go into fight without courage. Fear will destroy you. He said, it's, we don't win because of our weapons. We don't win because of our, tra- of, of, of our, of our phys- uh, physical. We win because of our spirit. And he says, God has given us a spirit of courage. And we're fearless for what we believe in. And that's why we win. Folks, I hope we never lose that in America. I hope we never lose that in America. As our military goes woke, our military seems to be more concerned about drag queen shows than than instilling a spirit of what our country is about. And indeed, our country seems to have lost its way. What are we about? We're in the midst of, we are in the midst of a revolution. Don't ever forget this. The people who died for us on in, in Normandy on those days, the people who gave their life, they were fighting to protect something. We're in the midst of a cultural revolution where people want to see a different world than what we have today, than what, what we had then that day. They want a radical secularism that rejects God and deifies humanity, that we can do whatever we want it's in our own eyes. And that is a recipe for anarchy, disaster, and cultural collapse. You cannot fight against the law of God and expect to win. You just can't do it. We reap what we sow. And so I just want to say, when I spoke with, when that fella in Miami-Dade said he was proud of what I was doing, and when that colonel at Florida State said to me, wondered why are we fighting, and I assured him, I said, well, listen, we want to, we, we, Take that oath against all enemies, foreign and domestic. I said, you fight in that foreign territory. I'll fight the domestic enemies here. And we fight them how? With the truth of the word of God and with the truth of genuine history. We don't lie about it. We don't tear it down. We don't destroy it. We appreciate it. And we walk worthy of those who gave their life for us. First, Jesus Christ. We live worthy of him. And then secondly, we honor those who gave us this precious gift of freedom. Amen. Father in heaven, we bless you today and we thank you on this Memorial Day for those who gave the ultimate sacrifice for us and our freedom. We think, first of all, obviously, of Jesus Christ. Jesus, you gave your life for us to free us from the greatest tyranny, the tyranny of sin, the tyranny of the evil one, to deliver us from the domain of darkness and bring us into the kingdom of God. And we don't consider those who gave their lives in battle anywhere on an equal par with what you've done, Jesus. You're the Messiah. But we do say we appreciate those who gave their lives for our freedom, that we might be able to worship and believe and assemble and share and talk and live and pursue the dreams you've put in our heart and in our life. And I pray, Father, that the greatest way we could show appreciation to these people is to utilize those freedoms for good. Lord, we, we see people that we disagree with in our culture. We see people that we, we don't like what they're doing. We think it's bad, wrong, evil. And I pray you'd help us do more than curse the darkness. Help us to light a candle. Help us to outuse our freedoms. Help us to outrun those people. Rather than just stop them, help us to lift up what is good, right, and true in a greater way than they ever could. I pray, oh God, even 
as, as that soldier mentioned, I pray on campuses around America, you'd raise up bold Christians, more bold than the LGBT people. They have that right. Lord, I pray we had, we'd exercise our rights as well and speak up and declare your truth and shine brightly, whether it's in Washington, whether it's in Hollywood, whether it's on Wall Street, whether it's on Main Street, whether it's in our church, our family, wherever it may be, that you'd fill us with a boldness to utilize the freedoms to proclaim the truth of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ and the freedom that brings. We pray and bless you now. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. Amen and amen. All right. Hey, thanks for being with me. I'm, uh, I hope you will enjoy this Memorial Day, and I hope this word of exhortation will be an encouragement to you. Be strong. Be courageous. We're going to head off to a parade with our, you know, some of our family members. We expect to have a great day usher in this new summer. Have a wonderful summer preparing for a good fall. But remember, every day counts. Every day counts. Appreciate your freedom appreciate the Lord Jesus. If you're new here, welcome today. I'm glad you're along. I hope you'll subscribe to our channel. Join with us regularly because we come here every day and get into the Word of God, talk about it, how it relates to life. We're currently in, in the midst of a series on the teaching, the radical sayings of Jesus Christ. You'll be blessed if you come and join us. And so share, subscribe, share this with your friends, like the video, leave a comment below. I always like to know who's here. God bless you. I love you, and we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Bye-bye.